Hello and welcome to another rousing edition of Trending Topics with BB. I am your humble host, Brooke Brown, hence the BB. Well, we are back for an exciting episode, another guest, another great topic, one that has been talked about on this podcast many times and will continue to be talked about. But before I introduce my guests, I'd like to get the housekeeping out of the way for those that are not new here. And for those that are new, uh, welcome. Please log on to the official website, which is trendingtopicswithbbpodcast.com. There you will find more information about this podcast, as well as every link to pretty much every platform where this podcast can be found. Obviously, you've found it somehow, so I thank you. And if you are on one of those platforms like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, or any platform where you can leave a favorable rating or comment, please do so. It helps this podcast be found by other lovely listeners like yourself, and it helps me out a lot. Also, on the website, you will find a link to the merchandise page. Uh, There is a bunch of items that you can uh, order with the podcast logo. Not only does it show me support out in the world, but it also shows support for the podcast because some of those proceeds come back to help me. So thank you so much for those that have. I know there's a few of you out there that actually have bought the merch, so I appreciate it. And uh, also, uh, please just take a deep breath out there uh, because that leads me into what this podcast episode is going to be about. We talk about secondary trauma due to COVID-19 and the mental health implications and my lovely guest who's a certified life coach and nurse Peggy Moore and I had a wonderful discussion about this topic to dive pretty deep uh, into what we're all feeling during this epic 2020. So without further ado, I give you my lovely conversation with Peggy Moore. Welcome, Peggy, to uh, my podcast. I'm glad we were able to connect. Um, I, along with probably the rest of the world, feels really like exhausted with 2020 and the COVID-19 situation. So I think this discussion will be helpful to people out there. Uh, but before we get there, kind of introduce yourself and, and kind of a little bit about your background and, and um, we'll go from there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for having me, Brooke. I'm very excited to be here today. Um, yes, I'm exhausted with 2020 myself um, and am ready to move on from all this COVID craziness. So I um, live in Okinawa, Japan. I am a public health nurse, a school nurse, and I am also a life coach. I have uh, 20 years of experience in critical critical care nursing. Um, I've worked in ICUs all over the country in Detroit, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, and I spent my last eight years of critical care nursing in Launchville, Germany, taking care of soldiers um, that were injured in Afghanistan and Iraq. And um, when I moved from Germany to Okinawa, um, I decided that I was ready to kind of put up my critical care ICU nursing hat and do some self-care and uh, do more health promotion and education and more public health kind of practice. And I love it. It's been great, but I definitely um, am feeling the exhaustion of COVID also. Wow. Okay. So a couple of questions based on your background. Uh, so you, you had a nursing background, but what kind of trend made you kind of transition into life coaching? And can you dispel any myths that people watching or listening to this may have about what that means? Because I think it's been made fun yeah. of pop culture. So I want to dispel the myth. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, 
interesting. I was an ICU nurse for almost 20 years. I spent those last years in Longstall taking care of soldiers. And at that time, the military was really beginning to recognize the toll that the war and all this trauma was causing healthcare workers and their soldiers. We know the statistics with the military and suicide and PTSD. And the military really began to recognize what kind of mental and emotional effect this was having on their healthcare workers and on their soldiers. And so they began to, they started a program on resiliency and teaching their soldiers and the healthcare workers how to be more resilient, how to take care of themselves, how to recognize um, secondary trauma and compassion fatigue and burnout, things that um, we, uh, don't actually sometimes recognize that when we are taking care of someone that has had a traumatic experience or we have a friend that's had a traumatic experience or we're watching it on a YouTube video or on a live stream on uh, Facebook, we don't think about the effects that that has on us. And so I began to work um, with this team and I was learning more about this and it really got me interested in how I can help others. So myself, I had to uh, work on my head and the things that I had seen and how that was affecting my thoughts and my feelings. And I had to work on that. And so it really put me in an opportunity to want to help others. And as I transitioned and came to Okinawa and became a school nurse, I was also seeing the importance of mental health, emotional and social health with our kiddos. And um, I started learning about ACEs, so um, those adverse childhood experiences and how they affect our children. So it really got me interested in mental health. And I actually am in my very last class, I'm so excited to say, of a master's in psychology and addiction counseling. I decided that I wanted to go back to school to learn more about mental health and how I can help people. And this brought me also to coaching. And so I became a certified professional coach. So I went to a training. I've had over 100 hours of coaching experience um, of helping people. Coaching is a little different from counseling. Coaching is more of helping you uh, manage your goals and uh, work through problems, uh, deeper emotional problems and mental problems you probably would see a counselor. But for a coach, a coach helps you with your goals, helps drive you, helps you manage your mind and train your brain to create the kind of life that you want. Okay, so I have a lot of questions about this because okay. um, mental health is a topic I've brought up a lot on this podcast because I've suffered from my own issues. Um, I was on medication for many years. I've been in therapy. And I think the stigma surrounding mental health needs to be talked about. And I think that we need people like yourself that is willing to uh, help those that go through so many different obstacles. And it's Specifically, I'm glad we're having this conversation because of 2020 being so stressful on people and people's mental health coming to the surface this year. Um, so you talked about, uh, you know, where, you know, 
well, congratulations on the, on the, getting the degree almost in your master's. But what's fascinating to me is why, well, have you seen a difference being that you've lived, you're living in Japan right now. And then of course the U.S. is going through what we're going through leading up to the election. Are, have, is there a little bit of a different, do you, do you gauge a little bit of a different kind of mental health psyche right now worldwide or is do you, are you kind of getting a gauge of, of the stress even you know yeah. how things are going that's a great question well i wanted to go back to um yeah i looked at some of your videos and and saw that you had some struggles with mental health i've also had some struggles with mental health i think everyone has at some point in their life i had really bad um postpartum depression and uh the pppdd so with my cycle just being depressed for like a couple months a couple weeks of the month every month but a couple weeks of the month every month is like half your life and that crazy cycle and it took um a long time and lots of different medications let's try this let's try that um to get me feeling normal i just wanted to feel normal um so i definitely have some mental health experience i can relate to that. I have um, some mental health history in my family. And my goal is, is I want to help people feel normal. I want to help people um, take a hold of that and talk about that and learn strategies to live a better life. Because when you're struggling with depression or you're struggling with anxiety, it's hard to live your normal life. It's hard to feel normal. And when I finally felt normal, I was like, wow, I don't feel high. Sometimes some of those medications make you feel a little, a little high. And um, so I didn't feel high. I didn't feel low. I just, I'm like, wow, I just feel normal, which was great. And I do think it's something that we need to talk about. I will tell you with COVID because I work in a school setting. So I'm a school nurse and my faculty love them to death because they are working their tails off. Um, they are exhausted. So virtual, it's funny, I had a dinner with some friends last night. We talked and I asked some parents, I'm like, how did virtual school go for you? Super stressful for parents. It was super stressful for teachers. All the different COVID mitigation strategies. We have, I don't know what you guys are doing in the States, but we have to wear masks everywhere we go. Our kids have to wear masks in the classroom. I'm in an elementary school. That's hard for our elementary kids. So our teachers are responsible to give them mass breaks. So they give them 15 minutes outside where they walk them around. This takes away from educational time. But it's important for the kids, right? Our kids also have these plastic barriers that they have to put on their desk. And we can't let them do group activities. We have to constantly, one of my teacher friends was like, I'm constantly monitoring them to make sure they're not on top of each other chatting because that's what kids want to do, right? And I feel like all these changes and all these strategies, they're exhausting on us. And they're really, I feel we're going to really see the mental and emotional effects of this. Um, I know we're seeing some now, but I feel like we're really going to be seeing them in the future. Right. I mean, over here, everything's politicized right now. So whether you're wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, whether kids should, whether they shouldn't, 
that's a whole you're on either side of the fence right now. Um, I'm not going to say what I'm on, but um, it should be kind of common sense at this point. But uh, I've heard a lot of parents talk about the virtual ways of school being stressful for kids and themselves because a lot of them are dealing with whether or not they still have to work from home, um, whether they actually have a job, because over here that's been an issue this year uh, for a lot of people losing their job. So I, th I think it's compounded on the fact that first you have COVID and then all of the other stuff happens and now people are like, don't know what to do because it's, it's there's no relief, it seems like. Um, and even as much TV and um, content that the internet provides, I think people are kind of like, I, that's not even scratching the surface. But I kind of want to go back to something you said about um, when you were dealing with mental health. Um, I kind of want to talk a bit about medication. And you talked about the difference of how you felt being normal versus some medications um, making you feel high. And as you may have noticed, I, I used to be on medication, but I felt that my doctor wasn't really on the road to making me feel better. I didn't feel any better on my medication when I was on it for six years. It, I felt like I was just addicted to drugs. And every time I asked for some sort of plan of relief, all they did was basically say, you know, we'll, we'll try you on another drug or we'll change your dosage. And in my case, I was on, after I did some research, I was on too high of a doses anyway. So it was one of those situations where I was like, I don't know. But in your experience, I know we're all different. What do you, I know there's like a lot of natural remedies, which is basically how I was able to do my own intervention is what I call it. But for those that are just struggling this year and they really want some relief what do you suggest? Um, what do you suggest uh, for those that may be struggling with wanting this short-term relief based on the fact that we're dealing with so much different from all angles? Well, I'm not a physician, so I definitely want to make that clear. And that is a job of a physician to diagnose and prescribe medications. But the more I've learned about mental health and the more I've learned from my own experiences, sometimes we do need those medications. Sometimes we have, um, we don't have enough of those neurotransmitters in our brain that can give us a feeling to be able to work on the problems. So I'm a firm believer in really working on your coping strategies and your distress tolerance and all those tools that you can use when we're exhausted because of COVID or um, we're, a little, we're depressed or we're anxious. But sometimes if you're in the middle of depression, you can't function enough to work on those coping strategies or work on that distress tolerance or work on those tools. So I do think there is a place for medication. Um, do I think that you have to be on medication forever? No, because I think there could be circumstances. Um, it could take a little, um, it, it could take some medication and working with a therapist to get where you need to go. But I think the important thing, and I think what you're saying is so physicians, I feel, are taught to solve your problem. You come in with pain, 
I'm supposed to solve your problem, so I'm going to give you some pain medicine. And I might refer you to physical therapy or I might refer you to someone else, but my job is to fix your problem, right? In 20 minutes. And the 20 minutes that I get or the 40 minutes that I get for my consultation with you. And the same for when you come in with a mental health struggle. Let's prescribe this and see if this works. Um, my opinion is that should always be followed with why don't you either see a therapist or go to a group that can help you learn those strategies to manage a little bit better what's going on in your life. So I think it's a um, it's a fine balance between the two. Um, I know doctors work so hard to do what they need to do, but your primary care physician is not a mental health provider exactly. So seeing, so in combination, I think that's kind of their job. It's like if I went in with back pain, my physician would say, oh, you have this back pain. We can do this test and this test. You can go see physical therapy. You can do this. But I'm going to give you some medicine to manage the pain while you're doing this. It's kind of the same thing with mental health. You go in and you say, I'm feeling really depressed. I'm having these anxiety attacks. This, he's like, well, I'm going to give you this medicine to help calm these symptoms while you go see a therapist or you go to group therapy or you do this. And so it is, um, I do feel like we do not have enough mental health professionals in the United States. And I feel like we don't talk about it enough. And I feel like we really don't teach the preventative strategies. And that's why I love being in the elementary school right now. I feel like um, our counselor does a great job. But I feel like as a whole faculty, if we can help support these kids and help them learn how to deal with when things get tough, when things are hard, when my friends haven't been very nice to me or when I'm not fitting in, if we can help us figure out how to deal with that as we're younger and um, help them as they grow and mature, then it gives us little more strategies and little more tools. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. I'm just I'm trying to take it all in. So yeah, I guess what my question was is, is I think why I continue to feel that this is important to highlight this topic on my podcast is that we, we don't, there, as much as I think that we've made some strides in recent years where you're seeing it a lot more in the media and you know, you're seeing it a lot more on the internet of people actually sharing their stories of their own struggles. But I still feel like there's this, there's this like stigma that still, it's just won't go away of people being afraid to seek help. Um, and I'm not trying to shame anybody out there for what type of help they seek. I'm just saying that, that, you know, there's just been this like overarching dismissal of somebody's mental health and what it means to be a human being who goes through some sort of struggle. And to kind of bring it into talking about secondary trauma with COVID this year, I have found myself throughout the year. I mean, I, I was working really full time for the most of the year till recently I've been shifting uh, my schedule, but I felt that like I was just exhausted with the news cycle, with working, with, keeping myself busy when those between and, and, and so where, what are some strategies that you're seeing with working with the youth um, in this situation that we talked about, about the stress between whether, you know, school is virtual versus not being virtual and how the parents have to cope as well. What are you seeing kind of as an overarching um, 
way to kind of get some sort of relief um, or seek help uh, in the right manner. Because I think a lot of people are just grasping on to maybe food or some sort of like underlying addiction this year that may in the long run not be the best solution. Absolutely. And I love that you asked that. And I love that you said the word exhaustion. So the number one thing that I have heard from my friends, from my clients, from our teachers is I'm exhausted. And so I did a little research and I did a little thinking about this. And I've actually talked about this on my podcast uh, quite a bit is we're exhausted. There's a reason why we're exhausted. And sometimes if we know why we're exhausted, why something, why we're depressed or why we're anxious or, or um, why we're exhausted. It helps us because then we can figure out how to navigate that. Right. And so I'm going to talk about those strategies, but I want to talk just a little minute minutes about why we're exhausted and we're exhausted for a couple different reasons. Number one, we've had a loss. We've had a loss of the way life was before, right? No matter if you want to wear a mask or you don't want to wear a mask or you think it's political drama or you think it's not, we've had a loss. There's been a change. Loss brings grief and we have to learn how to process that grief. Change. Change makes our brain work harder. Um, our, our body and our mind like homeostasis. We like things the way they are. We like consistency. And right now we don't have consistency. I feel like things change daily for me. Um, our protocols at the CDC, I think, believe this week changed their policy on what a close contact was. So, we're seeing changes constantly and that affects our brain and it's exhausting. So we've got loss, we've got change, and then we're doing all of these things for the first time. So we've never tried to have school at home before and virtual. It's a first time and first times are hard. Brene Brown actually in her has a whole podcast on first times and how hard they are and what they do to our brain. So all this is exhausting. And my take on that is, or my thing that I feel is so important is number one, to accept the fact that it's exhausting. It is okay to go to bed early. I have uh, teachers come in and say, I was so exhausted, I went to bed so early last night and I shouldn't have done that because I should. I needed to do this and this and this. No, I feel like if you're exhausted, that's your body telling you, you need the rest. Your brain has worked so hard with all the different things that you've had to do that are new, that are changes, that are first times, and coping with the loss and the grief of everything that's going on right now, it's okay to be exhausted. So I, my first thing is to take a time out. Take a time out, whether that be for two minutes or five minutes or an hour or a day. Take a time out to say, yes, I am exhausted. And maybe write down some of the things that you're feeling. You know, I'm mad because I'm mad and I'm sad and I'm upset that I didn't get to go see my grandkids this summer. That is hard for me. I'm 
you know, sad that I have to make sure that every time someone comes in my room, I've got to worry about washing the door handle and washing this and washing that and keeping everything, you know, perfectly clean. So when someone else comes in, that's extra work and it's hard and it makes me tired. I'm sad that I don't get to go to restaurants. So here in Okinawa, you asked a little bit about the differences. So we're here with the military. The military tells us what we can do and what we can't do. Um, or we lose our privilege of living here, which is my job. So I have to wear a mask when I go outside of my house, when I go into any kind of facility. I am not allowed to go in a restaurant and eat in a restaurant that is off base. I can go on base and eat in a restaurant. But if I'm off base, so in my neighborhood, I have to go to a restaurant where I can eat outside. That's frustrating. I want to go in a restaurant. I want to go out to eat, you know? So just recognizing that there's nothing I can do about it. I can't change it. What I can change is my attitude. I can change my thoughts around that. I can be like, oh, it's beautiful in Okinawa. I can sit outside and eat my you know, meal and enjoy the Okinawa sunlight, which is wonderful. I do have to do that shift. But I think the first most important thing is just to say, I'm exhausted. And I have these feelings and feelings are okay. All feelings are okay. Yeah, I mean, you said that earlier about the fact that like, everybody's kind of going through a period of like, oh, this is not norm, like the normal we knew. This is a new normal. How do we go forward? Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think acknowledging, I think it took me about a month or two ago to be like, yeah, I'm exhausted um, from everything that's been going on um, and how it was actually affecting me. Um, but it, it does take that acknowledgement to kind of move forward. So. I guess my question for you is, is what were, what are some techniques other than like, you know, taking a break and, and what you just mentioned uh, to, to tackle some sort of uh, mental health issue that we may be going through? Yeah. So taking that time out, I think is super important. And I'm a huge proponent of journaling. So I kind of believe that you can't argue in your head when your head is the problem and um, writing things out. So I'm exhausted because of this. I don't like this that is happening. I don't like that that is happening. So making a list and writing it down and then you can look at it and say, well, I can't control the fact that I can't eat in a restaurant right now. What can I control about it? I can control um, that I can eat outside in a restaurant. I can control that I can hang out with my friends outside because we're outside. We don't have to wear masks if we're not close and we're outside in the fresh air. So really just taking it step by step. I'm big proponent of so taking the time out, writing those things down and being as specific as possible so that you can go back and then be curious. I wonder why I feel this way. Because sometimes I think we were frustrated or we're anxious or we're upset about something and we don't really know why. It takes a little bit, like you said, time to process and really realize, 
hmm, I am feeling exhausted. And it's okay to feel exhausted. What can I do to take care of myself now? I can go to bed earlier. I always go back to the basics. I go back to sleep, good food, and movement. Because those are also the three things <laughs> that we use as buffers, like you were talking about. Um, so I'm stressed and anxious, so I eat chocolate or I eat junk food because I'm not paying attention to my diet. I'm stressed, anxious, and exhausted, and so I just lay in bed and watch Netflix. I'm, um, what was the third thing you said? Uh, so well, just grabbing onto something that's like. Yeah. Yeah, so, right, so those coping mechanisms that might not get us where we want to be. So um, that using food as an addiction, shopping, you know, and shopping is great, but, you know, when you buy 20 shoes because you're like, oh, I just need something to make me feel better. And I think that's where we're all at right now. I think this COVID business or craziness has just put such a strain on our lives that we just want something to make us feel better because we, right now there's one of the other things I talk about is there's this uncertainty. Like we don't know when this is going to end. Like I'm like, can it just be over already? Like I, this started for me for spring break. We had plans for spring break and we couldn't go anywhere for spring break. I'm like, okay, it's fine. It's spring break. I can stay home for spring break because I'll get to go home in the summer, right? Summer came. I didn't get to go home. I had to stay here. And now I was like, we'll get to go home by Christmas, right? There'll be international travel by Christmas, right? It's not looking that way. And so there's no end in sight. And I think that is what wears on our mental and emotional um self the most and so we've got to find what we've got to write it out and really decide what we can do to make that better so I've for me I'm a project person so I'm like all right I'm gonna take Thanksgiving instead of hanging out with my family which is what I'd love to do I'm gonna do this project and we're gonna do this and we're gonna make sure we go on at least one beach drive and do something fun for us because if I don't plan it then I'm gonna be stuck in low feeling sorry for myself because I'll go home and have that big dinner with my family um, so finding those things that we want, how we can make them work. Am I answering your question? Yeah, I mean, it makes, you know, it's kind of like a, you take it step by step kind of a situation. But I think that with the exhaustion we've talked about, that everybody's really just looking for that quick fix. And I think it compounds on itself where with the uncertainty that you just mentioned, that, that might not even be the fix we need because we don't know what's happening tomorrow, basically with all the regulations right. and different news cycles that we're in. So for those that are out there watching or will watch this or listen to this, what can be the assurance that, I mean, you're, we're talking basically you're on the other side of the world right now. So it's, it's great to get your perspective of like being in Japan and, 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 kind of where we are. I know you mentioned about being on a military base, but do you think 
that there's this overarching uncertainty worldwide because I think with the news cycles that we get here in the States right now, everything's so centered on what's going on here and not what's happening around the world unless it's, I guess, quote unquote, newsworthy. So what would you say to those that will be listening or watching that feel that we may haven't even touched what they're maybe going through right now? Because maybe it's just, it hasn't hit us in the news or uh, um, there's other conflicts. I actually feel that the numbers in the states are a lot worse than any place else from what I've seen. Um, but you have to realize how big the United States is also. You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm still looking and I'm seeing that are reported. Um, they are tons of numbers and do question sometimes the accuracy of those numbers. And um, but we won't get into all that. I think that COVID is a serious illness. I think it is a virus that really knocks people um, down because I've had some friends that have had it and um, they said they were very, very sick. I've had some friends that have been in the ICU and not done very well. I think if you have comorbidities and, and things like that, um, it's to take it a little more seriously. But um, the flu was also something to take seriously and the flu can also knock you down. I had H1N1 and literally probably spent two weeks in my bed, which is not like me at all. My husband even was like, you spent all day in bed and all night in bed? Yeah, I didn't move. I was so sick. So we have our cases over here. Um, I feel like um, the military has kept it pretty well contained. Now, our military doesn't give all the numbers because of, of uh, privacy issues. Your soldiers are ready. The, mil the strategies that the military have in place for us have kept our numbers lower. I do feel that is the case because out in the neighborhoods, the numbers are, are high here in Okinawa. In fact, Okinawa has one of the highest numbers in all of Japan right now per 1,000. So we have like, you know what I mean? If you say per uh, population. Um, so it, it is hard over here getting a good grip of what's going on in the States and getting that feel um, of what's going on in the States. So that's kind of uh, difficult for me to really get a feel of what you guys are going through. I do hear a lot of the um, political stuff that goes on and it's there's just so much it's so much like you said and you're only seeing pieces and parts so i from what i see of the numbers in the states and from all the uh news feeds from the states it seems like you guys are having a really bad you have a lot of numbers um but again like i said you know what are the accuracy of those numbers because i've heard some other things also so right and i think along people trying to justify i think a lot of things because it's been so heavily politicized i think the trauma comes also of like am i unless i there's just been this argument of whether you you know you've mentioned you've know people who've had this and some either and i know some people too and then you feel like oh okay 
this is real. But then there's a lot of people out there that haven't had any family members or friends affected by COVID. So they don't believe uh, the severity of what's going on or understand why people are going through some sort of trauma in terms of mental health. So I guess my question would be for the, whether you believe or whether it's politicized or whatever you, where can we find some like empathy in the situation that will not only help everybody's overall mental health, but our own individual? That is a good question. So, um, I, so, I mean, COVID is real. Um, it is a virus. It is, um, a virus that is, uh, not very good for people with comorbidities, people that are, um, obese or, um, diabetics or have hypertension or heart problems. It can definitely like the flu, um, cause, um, a high mortality rate. It can cause, um, them to be very, very sick. So it is real. Um, but I think number one, the most important thing you can do is keep yourself healthy and wash your hands. <laughs> I have to say that because washing your hands is like the number one prevention of infection, right? Um, but keeping yourself healthy, I think is the is also very important. So I think we're letting the exhaustion of COVID keep us from taking care of ourselves, which means getting the sleep that we need, making sure we're taking our vitamins, making sure we're eating those healthy foods and not grabbing the quick fried food or processed food and making sure we're moving our bodies and getting fresh air and sunlight. Um, I love that there was a uh, a study that came out that said that sunlight killed the virus because it just takes me back to my Florence Nightingale, ooh, sorry, my Florence Nightingale um, history in nursing and how sunlight and fresh air do amazing things. And so I really think it's important for people to remember to go back to those basics and take care of yourself. Get outside, get some fresh air, move, sleep when you're tired, eat your fresh fruits and vegetables, make sure you take care of yourself. So with COVID here in Okinawa, the numbers are rising, are rising. And I feel like it's a matter of time. And so I told my husband last week when I went to bed at 730, because I was super tired, I'm like, I am resting my cells so that we can fight this virus if it comes our way. And so that's what we need to do. We need to get bodies ready. And if you know, everyone gets sick at some point, right? And we always handle sickness better if we're healthier, right? That's why those who have those comorbidities and who aren't as healthy, it attacks them a little bit harder. So taking care of yourself, taking that time out, writing out those thoughts, taking care of your mental and emotional needs will decrease some of that exhaustion because it'll let your brain rest. When you have all that anxiety and all that, those thoughts going on your head that you haven't processed, 
it creates more work on your brain and it's exhausting. And so working through that processing, using that time out, writing those things in your journal and taking care of yourself are the most important things that you can do to prepare for whatever happens in the future. Yeah, sounds sounds great. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I know where you're coming from. Just, you know, we got to self-care is like hashtag self-care. Um, so like, I, I appreciate your insight on this for th those that, I think it, it's, hel it's helpful to talk this through specifically in the situations that and we all have different situations and we're all dealing with things differently. And I think that we specifically in this year of everybody being online probably more than they already were because let's face it it's 2020 i think it the the taking the breaks when i, I notice when i've taken a break from social media or try not to be so heavily in, engaged it, it has helped me kind of relax a little bit but what do you for those that have some sort of opinion I guess maybe because everybody's breaking it down between whether they're they're susceptible to getting the virus or not. I think people aren't, I think the acknowledgement of where we're at helps, but what are you suggesting going forward other than what we've already talked about in terms of self-care and, and kind of beyond, say, you know, down the line, finally we eradicate this virus and everybody tries to get this whatever the new normal is at that point for helping to realize that they may need help if they're running into some sort of mental health struggle because it doesn't just it's not just going to stop with the virus right right i think it's so important the processing but i think if you need help processing reaching out so finding a coach or finding a therapist or finding a group or calling a good friend um i think covid has kind of i know in the beginning of covid like we weren't allowed to really hang out with our friends right um we were told that we could only be with our family for a while when we were shelter in place we weren't allowed to hang out with any other friends and now we can i think hang out with friends of less than 10 people if you can social distance you know all those little rules and stuff and so it's it has hurt our social connection. And so we're only getting this social connection from this crazy news feed. My number one thing with news feed is, you know on Facebook that you can snooze those people, you can, if you don't want to unfriend them, you can um, snooze them or block them. I Not block them, but... Um, mute them yes yeah. <laughs> so i don't get so i have to say i don't know a ton of what's going on right now because i have snoozed and muted so many people i don't want that on my news feed my facebook feed is for fun i want to know what my family's doing in the states i want to know when they're going to the park i want to know when they're going to festivals i want to know when they're going to have a baby this year i want all those announcements that that's what my Facebook feed is for. I don't want political arguments on my Facebook. And if that's what you want to do, you're getting mute or snoozed because that is taking care of me. 
So, and I know a lot of people have a really strong opinions and they want to get out there and share their opinions and argue and, and that, or debate, excuse me, uh, I guess debate, and that is their privilege. That is not something I want to do. I really want to live a life of peace and purpose and power, and that means coming clear with what I want in my life, not what everyone else is telling me what they want me to do. And I think that's where we get from. I think, yes, absolutely, as we come to realize that we need someone to talk to, it's important to find someone to talk to. Coaches are excellent um, help because they are able to listen and they're able to help. The best thing about coaching, I think, is my job is not to solve a problem for you. You can solve the problem. We all have it in us. Sometimes we just get it lost in everything that's going on. And so a coach is able to ask the right questions and help you figure out what works for you. Because what works for you may not work for me. You may not want to delete and mute everybody that's having political post on your Facebook feed. You may want to know. My husband gives me a hard time because I don't know tons of what's going on with that, but I'm I'm good with that. I don't want that extra stress and anxiety and argument in my life. I know what is important to me and I stand up for things that are important to me. Um, I will say the whole all the things that were going on in the United States with the Black Lives Movement and with um, Floyd and Brianna and all that was heartbreaking for someone that's over here that can't really grasp what is going on. That gave me secondary trauma. But I was like, what is happening to my country? And the more I learned about it, the more I realized how systemic the problem is and was able to... I did take the opportunity and I'm still taking the opportunity to learn more and give my voice to that because that's something I do feel is important. Politicizing COVID, not as important for me. Um, making sure everyone in our country has equality and there is justice, that is important to me. So. I think picking your battles and what is important to you and then letting go of some of this other drama that goes on is super important, especially in this virtual world that we live in. And then I also think connecting with your friends. Connecting with your friends is super important. I actually went out with some friends last night and I was like, it was so nice to talk to other people, not on the computer. Not that I mind talking on the computer, but you know what I mean? To see their facial expressions, to feel their energy, to have hold space for everything going on in their life. It was beautiful. And we're missing out on that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I've missed um, been able to talk to people. Uh, I've had a few instances this year where I've talked to people other than our family or who I live with, but it's, it's weird how I, I, I'm not, there's been a lot of internet memes about it, but it's, it's weird that this is the year that like the introverts are like fed up with not being able to talk to people. So, cause it's like, we're so close, like stuck to what our current routines are that I think the variety and being able to 
you know, change the routine needs to happen, but you know, we don't know what's going to happen. So it's this like, you know, cat and mouse game, right? Yep, absolutely. All right. So I think we've, we've covered a lot. I, I don't want to keep you too long, but, um, I think it helps to to talk about it and 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 get kind of realize that we are in the secondary trauma that we've talked about with COVID and just the current situations that we're in for 2020. Now, do you have hope from for I guess the future generation that you're you know you're with these kids and and you know there's been talk about the younger generations actually having higher mental health issues because all they've known is the internet and all they know is, you know, selfies and social media. So are I don't know what it's like over in Japan and the kids you work with, but what are you seeing in terms of going forward and, and how they're coping with everything? I think I always have to have hope for the future, right? Um, I have grandchildren. I have a four-year-old grandchild and a two-year-old grandchild. And I um, hope that it will be great. You know, they will have all the opportunities that I had and more. And I think we, the internet is relatively new. This fast, you can get anything you want. Um, people's thoughts and feelings are out there for everyone to see this uh um election is the way it is because it's never been this way before really you know what i mean yeah never before were we able to see people in italy singing on their balconies because they were in quarantine and now we can see all this so it is a ton of information but i feel like our children were number one they were born at a time when they should be born. They are going to learn how to make this great for us. They are going to learn how to use the internet and use this technology to take us to places that we've never been. I love working with our elementary students and they need skills like everyone else. They need to learn those social, emotional and regulation skills. But I think as adults, as we're watching after them and taking care of them and educating them and working with them, we can build a generation that is going to do great things. Well, I, on that note, I agree. I just, it's just funny how sometimes you, you, you know, in the cycle we are, people have opinions either way. Um, but I'm hopeful. Um, specifically, um, I participated in the Women's March this past week in LA and that was eye-opening just to see the different generations, the diversity of people that um, participated and um, were educating themselves on the issues and, and wanting to uh, put their voice forward. So I think we're on the right path. Um, so thank you, Peggy, for, for joining me all the way from Japan. I appreciate you um, and definitely we should be able to maybe do this again in the future. Yes. Uh, uh, for all of those that are watching or listening, um, I'm going to put the links in the episode description uh, of how to get in touch with Peggy and learn more about her podcast and um, stuff she's working on. Um, so thank you, Peggy. And um, other than what I've linked here in uh, the video, uh, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me at Peggy Moore Life Coaching on Facebook. You can 
find me at Peggy Moore Life Coaching on Instagram. Um, you can find me at PeggyMoreLifeCoaching.com and discoveryourpersonalpower.org. Discover Your Personal Power is my coaching program, and that is what I do. I help people uh, uh, find their own power and their own voice and their own light because I feel like so often we get lost in all the expectations of others. We get lost in what the social media is telling us what we should look like and how we should talk and how we should act and what our political views should be. And now they're trying to tell us, should we wear a mask and should we not wear a mask? And I firmly believe that that is up to you. It is up to what you want what your core beliefs and values are and so thank you so much Brooke I love that you are doing trending topics because these are things that need to be talked about I looked over some of your uh, previous podcasts today and you have hit some great topics we need to talk about these things we need to talk about the exhaustion of COVID we need to talk about mental health we need to talk about emotional health we need to talk about our kids and we need to talk about the internet and how um, this virtual world world that we're living in is affecting us. And so I really appreciate you and your podcast. And thank you so much for having me on. Definitely. And like I said, we'll have to do it again soon. So check in with each other. I will. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, thank you, Peggy. Thank you.